I reached out to one of my long-term and beloved clients who's also an Enneagram 4 last week because I was curious about what she would want to hear on this podcast. And I asked her what she was struggling with. And she said that she was having a hard time with dopamine hits and just feeling like she was addicted to her phone, checking on Instagram, not being productive at work, constantly distracting herself, getting up, going to get a snack and not being present with her life. Welcome to Love Liz, the podcast that's all about inspiring you to be yourself, find true love, and live your purpose. This is for all of you seekers with deep desires who are struggling with your own self-worth and figuring out how to make your dreams come true. I'm your host, Liz Newcomer, actor-turned-Enneagram coach, human design practitioner, wife, and mama. I believe that who you are is enough to create the life and love you desire. Listen to find out why. Let's dive deep into this whole dopamine-addicted world that we are living in. I want to share some thoughts about how to bring more balance into your life and how to avoid some of the negative effects that come from overindulging in those habits and behaviors that spike our dopamine response. Now, dopamine is a neurotransmitter It is the part of your brain that is responsible for pleasure, reward, and motivation. It is the thing that happens when you go onto Instagram and you see that you have 24 likes and I don't know, or maybe it's 2,000 likes, 2 million likes, whatever it is, it's that number that gives you that hit. It's the feeling you get after sex, after eating chocolate, while you're binging on a really good Netflix show. I'm watching Slow Horses. I think that's on Apple TV. It's phenomenal. And it's that thing that makes you want to then watch the next show. My husband used to really love to gamble and play cards and go to casinos. And I only ever went to a casino with him. And A casino is just like dopamine heaven, right? The sounds of the cha-ching or like any sort of game that you play on your phone, it's all designed to give you that hit. So then what's the problem? Like why, if if it's pleasurable, if it's reward, if it's satisfaction, then what's wrong with that, right? Can't we have all of those things? We have enough stress in our lives, (laughs) enough things to deal with, enough reasons to be anxious and depressed. Well, here's, here's the issue. So I want you to imagine that there is a seesaw and on one side is pleasure and on the other side is pain. And our body wants to stay with that seesaw in balance. So whenever you experience a dopamine hit, then there's weight on the pleasure side of that seesaw. And in order for you to get back to homeostasis after you've experienced that pleasure, you'll have a little bit of pain. This is what withdrawal is, a very big example of that pain that usually happens because you've had such a huge high on that dopamine side, that pleasure side, that your body needs to counterbalance it in a bigger way. 
and that's hard. And then that kind of gets us into the hook of doing the habit and pattern all over again. I want to introduce the habit loop. If you haven't read James Clear's Atomic Habits, he offers a really helpful framework on how to start looking at habits and how to hack our habits. The habit loop is in four parts. The first step is a cue, and that is usually some sort of sensory experience. It could be a visual cue, a sound cue, a smell, an environment. For example, the smell of chocolate chip cookies. That is going to then cue the next step of the loop, which is craving. If you smell the chocolate chip cookies baking in the oven, it's going to make you crave the experience of tasting and eating that cookie. In a social media world, if you see a notification pop up on your phone, ding, or you hear that sound of the notification, that's the cue, and it triggers the craving of wanting to go check and see who responded to your most recent post. The third step of the loop is the response. And then that is the habit. That's what you do from that craving. So that's either you eat the cookie, you go check your Instagram. And then from that is the last part of the loop, which is reward. You get some sort of reward. And that's where dopamine comes in. The pleasure that you get from eating that warm, delicious chocolate chip cookie from seeing that you had so many likes on Instagram. That then hooks you into the habit loop. So the next time you hear the ding of your notification, you smell the chocolate chip cookies, you're going to want to engage in that habit again. Now, here's the problem. The more you're seeking pleasure, the more you'll need to give you that feeling of pleasure because you will be resetting the hedonic set point, the joy. Let's say you give up on alcohol for Lent. And then the next time you have a sip of wine, it's you get buzzed in half a glass of wine. Then the more you get used to drinking that wine, it might take you a whole bottle to get that same buzz. So the more that we engage in that habit, then the more our tolerance increases and the more variety or amount that we need in order to feel that same amount of pleasure. And it becomes problematic because it's addictive if you are engaged in a compulsive use of a substance or a behavior and it has a harmful effect on yourself or other people. Now, going back to my client's original request for this podcast, what she was saying is that she wasn't being productive in her work life and she wasn't feeling present in her life. She was needing that dopamine hit to feel good. I am particularly attuned to this pattern and not wanting to fall prey or fall victim to it. So in 2020, when we were all going through a very trying time, early stages of the pandemic, my husband and I started to have a glass of wine every night. And that was such a reward. And then that became a habit And then it started to have a negative return on investment. So it was not even as enjoyable or as special or as fun, but it 
didn't feel like we could give it up. And so over that summer of 2020, we were drinking wine every night. I was gaining weight and I didn't feel good about myself. When you're tipping so heavily over onto that pleasure part of the seesaw, in order to get yourself back to homeostasis, you're going to feel that deeper pain or you're going to have to have more discomfort and more pain to get you back to the center. Those negative effects are associated with withdrawal. And that looks like depression, anxiety, irritability, insomnia, etc. So I was feeling that way. And I knew that something needed to shift. In my episode on food and self-abandonment, I talked about the time that I remember overindulging at this restaurant after my senior year in high school. And it was almost like I expanded my stomach. I overate so much that my stomach got bigger and then I needed more to feel full. I needed to fill it with more food in order to feel satisfied. And then the experience of being hungry, it felt, you know, that bottomless pit feeling that is so uncomfortable. And then that makes us want to eat more and then we can feel good again. I don't like that feeling. I don't like that feeling of needing more and more in order to feel satisfied. And whenever I find myself in that cycle, I'm always trying to figure out ways to hack that so that I can come back to just enjoying the present moment, enjoying my life, enjoying the people in my life. So I took a month off from drinking. I got back to eating healthy. I kind of eliminated all of the triggers that led me to those high dopamine rewards. And it helped me reset that baseline I was able to be more present with my kids, find pleasure in smaller ways. I wasn't chasing that high anymore. Now let's get into how you can go through this dopamine detox and what you might need to do to reset the balance so you stop feeling the negative experiences of overindulging. I'm going to give you four different ways to look at this. The first way Let's call it tracking. And I think this is just where mindfulness comes in. And it's before you make any changes, right? Because depending on what your addiction is, that might feel like a real, like your only crutch, your only coping mechanism. And the idea of giving it up might be overwhelming. So I'm not going to say you have to do that, but maybe just start tallying and keeping track. I asked one of my clients who told me that they were processing a breakup and that they had started to vape. And I was like, okay, well, you know, how often do you vape? And she was like, any free moment I have, but it was always alone. So my suggestion to her was just start listing out, like take your notes app and create a table and just write down the times that you vape and then you can track it in one day. So you're not trying to change it. You're just paying attention. I think already that witnessing of your own patterns is going to make you change them. The second option is accountability. And this I think is basically my number one job for all of my clients is I am their accountability partner. I'm their cheerleader. I'm their coach, right? The entire coaching industry is based on this principle of witnessing someone else and and feeling guilt. If one of my clients has to report back to me that they're still engaging in indulgent negative behaviors, that guilt alone might be the motivating force that they need to stop 
that habit. So accountability partners can be really helpful. Like think about stealing cookies from a cookie jar. That's always done in secret, right? Like the minute someone else is around, you're not stealing any cookies from a cookie jar. So some of my patterns have been picking my skin, overeating chocolate or cheese or nuts, drinking alcohol, binging on romantic movies, daydreaming to the point of inaction, sleeping, reading Us Weekly, going down a wormhole on someone's Instagram page, stalking an ex. But those are all done in private. The minute someone else is around, I'm not doing any of those things. So bring an accountability partner into your world, hire me as your coach, do whatever you need to do. The third option is swapping out your habit. This comes with a disclaimer because it can be really tricky. If you swap it out for another habit that is equally addictive, then you could just be transferring that addiction on the next habit. I think this happens with people with breakups a lot of time, then they'll go out and start dating a lot. And then they haven't really processed the emotions and the painful, uncomfortable experiences that come from breaking up. And then that will all be waiting for them when they finish this whole habit. So when you think about replacing it, think about replacing it with something that requires some bit of pain or discomfort. It'll help reset the balance in a way where you won't have as big of a letdown when you're on the pain side of the seesaw. For example, I love chocolate covered almonds at night. The dark chocolate ones with sea salt from Trader Joe's are my favorite. It might look like replacing that with a cup of tea. Now that cup of tea requires a little bit more effort to make it, but that can be a really positive habit of making the tea. Then there's a whole ritual around it and I can still get that dopamine, but it's not going to be as high as the dark chocolate almonds. Other options could be going for a walk or any sort of exercise, meditation, a cold plunge. So healthy alternatives to your dopamine drug of choice. And the fourth and final option is abstinence. I mentioned last week that I'm directing a Christmas Carol that my theater company is producing right now. And one of the last lines of the play is, indeed, Ebenezer Scrooge was even better than his word, and he became as good a friend, benefactor, uncle, and man as good old England ever knew. And from that day, he had no further need for spirits, but lived upon the total abstinence principle ever afterwards. And we were talking about that. And it seems like such as like, obviously, there's the play on words of spirits being ghosts and spirits being alcohol and abstaining from alcohol, abstaining from spirits. I guess it's just a play on words there. It's funny because he doesn't need to be haunted anymore because he's changed his ways. But there's kind of no better substitute than abstinence. A month of removing that habit from your life can really help you reset the balance with your pleasure and pain seesaw. Getting support for that because it's not easy. Removing any sort of trigger associated with that habit. Going back to the habit loop, if you remove that trigger, that cue, 
It'll stop the craving, which will stop the response, which will halt the anticipation of the reward. So that's necessary. If you want to take a social media break, then it's going to be really helpful to delete all the apps off of your phone so that you just don't even see it. You don't get the notifications. They're gone. What you may get instead of the high of a dopamine hit if you practice any one of these options, these self-healing <laughs> alternatives, is it's going to deepen your sense of self-esteem, your trust with yourself, your ability to manage discomfort and pain. You'll be more present in your life. You'll feel more alive and awake. And those rewards are deeper and long-lasting and really worthy pursuits. So here's what I would do. If you find that you are in need of a dopamine detox, maybe write out for yourself, what is your drug of choice? Is it social media? Is it food, alcohol, sex? What are you experiencing that's negative? Have you gained weight? Do you not enjoy time with other people? Are you less productive? What are those that you want to shift? How do you want to feel instead? Present, awake to your life, motivated, excited, and then, as always, give yourself space and grace to make these shifts and make these changes. If you need support, I am here. And as always, I hope something in this episode resonated with you today. And until next time, love, Liz. If you're ready to discover your true self and break free from those automatic patterns that may be holding you back, I invite you to take the next step and book a Discovering You Enneagram typing session on my website, elizabethnewcomer.com. This session will be your guiding light on the path to authenticity, alignment, and fulfillment. And if you're enjoying this podcast and find it inspiring, please consider leaving a five-star review. Your feedback is encouraging and helps our message reach more people who could benefit from this transformative journey. Thank you so much for being a part of this community.